This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, March 6th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Vilsack to address competition at National Farmers Union. In the week ahead, Secretary Vilsack will make a competition announcement that comes today. Secretary Vilsack is in California, where he is expected to announce another series of efforts to improve competition in agribusiness and address a meat labeling issue that has dogged the agency for years. Vilsack is in San Francisco today, where he'll address the National Farmers Union annual meeting and make what USDA is describing as a major announcement on USDA's effort to promote competition. Among the slate of declarations expected from Vilsack is details on the USDA's plans to implement voluntary product of the USA labeling. Following the repeal of mandatory country of origin labeling, attention shifted to the integrity of packages marked as a product of the USA to ensure it wasn't applied to foreign product being packaged in American facilities. In a 2019 petition to USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association called for the label to be limited to beef from cattle born, raised, and slaughtered in the U.S., the same requirements for the former M. Cool regime. In June 2021, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association filed a petition asking USDA to change the label to processed in the USA. Simply adding born, raised, and harvested requirements to an already broken label will fail to deliver additional value to cattle producers, and it will undercut true voluntary market-driven labels that benefit cattle producers, NCBA lobbyist Kent Backus told AgriPulse. We cannot afford to replace one flawed government label with another flawed government label. Now, also this week, while Vilsack is in the Bay Area, he'll make a side trip to Contra Costa County, a visit at a local school, and highlight the administration's efforts to improve school nutrition. Last month, USDA proposed to restrict the sugar content of school meals while tightening sodium limits and increasing whole grain requirements. Meanwhile, school nutrition directors from around the country are in Washington for the School Nutrition Association's annual Legislative Action Conference. A key message of the group, leave the existing nutrition standards alone. A climate rally? Well, about a 1,000 farmers, workers, and activists will be in Washington starting today to push Congress to use the next farm bill to take additional steps to address climate change. They're holding a rally tomorrow. For more on this week's Ag Policy Calendar, read our Washington Week Ahead. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy co-op in the country. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the upper Midwest. Among Edge's top priorities is milk pricing reform, Over its long history, the federal order system has aimed to serve farmers by ensuring the orderly marketing of fluid milk. But changing production and consumption patterns are rendering the system ineffective. 
Edge envisions changes that create flexibility, promote fairness, and strengthen the relationship between farmers and processors. Good morning and welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Water's fight rolls on. Implementation date two weeks away. The Biden administration says the Commonwealth of Kentucky and business groups have not even established standing in their attempt to block implementation of the new Waters of the U.S. rule scheduled to take effect March 20. In papers filed in federal court in Kentucky on Friday, EPA and Army Corps of Engineers through the Justice Department said that while the state The U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other groups have filed numerous individual declarations to support their challenge. They, quote, allege no specific injuries traceable to the 2023 rule. And it is difficult to see how they could. The declarations have a common defect. Plaintiffs' claims of harm are premised on either a complete disregard for the rule's similarity to the status quo or overstatements of their slight differences. Waiting for SCOTUS. The government also called the notion put forth by the plaintiffs that waiting for the Supreme Court Sackett decision, quote, creates uncertainty and that this uncertainty constitutes an irreparable harm that would support an injunction, a quintessential conjecture. The question instead is whether plaintiffs have suffered irreparable injury caused by the rule, not how a forthcoming court decision may affect its implementation, the government said. Also on Friday, environmental groups moved to intervene to defend the new rule. The National Wildlife Federation, the Florida Wildlife Federation, Isaac Walton League of America, and other groups represented by the Southern Environmental Law Center. Farm Bureau estimates over $21.4 billion in crop losses came from 2022 natural disasters. Natural disasters created more than $21.4 billion in crop and rangeland losses last year. That according to estimates recently published by the American Farm Bureau Federation. Economists with the Farm Group calculate that over $20 billion in crop losses came from drought and wildfires in the Midwest and Great Plains, while May hailstorms and severe weather in Minnesota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, and Wisconsin accounted for around $410 million in losses. Approximately $368 million in crop damage resulted from a June derecho in Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, Ohio, and Wisconsin, while $200.8 million came from severe weather in the Midwest in July. Hurricanes Ian, Nicole, and Fiona caused around $40.6 million in crop losses, the group estimates. Now take note. The Farm Group says estimates do not include infrastructure damage, livestock losses, horticulture crop losses, or timber losses, and should be seen as a minimum baseline of overall damage. NPPC encouraged by Philippines to track to expedite imports. The Philippines is making progress on a goal to expedite the process of accrediting foreign meat companies for import, and the National Pork Producers Council says it's watching closely for developments that are expected to benefit U.S. producers and exporters. 
The Philippines has become a much bigger market for U.S. pork in recent years after the country decided to cut tariffs as it battles African swine fever. The Philippines cut its in-quota tariffs on pork from 30 to 15 percent and for out-of-quota tariffs from 40 to 25 percent. The cuts were supposed to expire at the end of 2022, but the country decided to extend the lower rates through this year. The U.S. exported $133 million worth of pork to the Philippines last year. That's less than the record level of $204 million worth of exports in 21, but still strong, according to the National Pork Producers Council. Here's today's Day Said It. Plaintiffs fears that the new rule imposes a regulatory sea change that greatly expands the scope of Clean Water Act jurisdiction or the definition of significant nexus are baseless. That the word from the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers opposing motions by Kentucky and business groups to block the Biden administration's WOTUS rule. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, March 6th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.